You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith and this is my conversation with Robert Hinton. He's an excellent guitarist and musician. He has a new album out for 2018. As you'll hear through the conversation, it is soon to be released. The album's title, There Are No Winners Here, Only Beginners Here. Let's see what Robert has to say. Here we go. Well, mate, what's, uh, what's your day held so far for you? Um, I'm a bricklayer by day, so uh, yeah, um, yeah, do that weekdays and then kind of the music on the weekends and in the evenings and that. So, yeah, so yeah, laying bricks today. Yeah, a bit like uh, I had a chat to one of your uh, fellow West Australians a while ago, Johnny Taylor. He's a tradie as well. And, um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, it's that balance, isn't it, really? We all love our pursuit of playing music, as I do too. I'm also a musician, but yeah. it doesn't really pay the bills, does it, unfortunately? No, unfortunately not. <laughs> but you're working hard at it, mate. That's the, that's the dream. That's the dream to get to the point where you don't have to, don't have to lay bricks anymore or do you trade anymore. But, yeah, for now, for now, I'm sticking with it, so. Yeah, well, I mean, look, you, I've been listening to... Uh, Lee sent me a copy of your uh, your new album, mate. It's fantastic stuff. And look, I've said this a few times okay. to artists playing the sort of music you are. It's t- typically not something that I would tend to listen to because I'm more of a jazz, funk and disco yeah. guy, right? But I love okay. any type of music that's performed well and, and recorded well, written well. Yours is. So don't take that... That's not a backhanded <laughs> compliment or anything. That's a compliment, straight-up compliment. I want to congratulate you on recording... Um, such an excellent collection of tunes, mate. So that'll be my for- my first question is tell us all about the album because it's got a heck of a title. There are no winners here, only beginners here. Yeah, um, so that title kind of refers to like how every person, like no matter no matter where you're at in life, like everyone's got something to learn, whether it's about themselves or whether it's about other people or just like coping with life hurdles, like... No one's got everything completely sussed out. We're all just uh, we're all just beginners trying to trying to get by, you know, trying to work things out as we go along. Hmm. That's basically where like um uh, where the title came from, and the title is kind of uh, is the basis of the theme for the whole album. Really, there's like um, lots of this stuff that I just mentioned is like portrayed in quite a few of the tracks as well, just like the life hurdles stuff, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah coping and like that sort of stuff yeah so that's kind of, that's where the that's where the scene lies in the album for sure tell us about the album cover as well now i know these days a lot of people don't see it because of the way they consume music on devices android iphone yeah. whatever it might be but it's an intriguing album cover isn't it yeah um a friend of mine actually uh designed all the artwork for the album cover and he, he went, really wanted to go um, along the lines of something that kind of relates to the title, they're actually um, they're actually meant to be flags, as in like uh. a flag that you might use as like when you're in a race or something like that. So that's where that came from. And he chose the chose the distinct color pattern, like through like a the black being the negative and the gold being like the positive, because there are there is like that balance um, in the album of like a kind of like I guess tragic like ly- lyrically tragic but like laced with like perseverance and hope as well so mm. that's what he was trying to portray with the album artwork and yeah i'm really happy with the album artwork and the way it turned out i'm glad you clarified that because you know what i thought it was i thought it was a snapshot of a chessboard and i thought it linked back to yeah. the uh the title you know there being no winners here only big be- only beginners because even the greatest yeah. chess players talk about how every game's a new beginning if you like and 
they all have an end, if you like, but there's always something to be learned from every game that you play. So that's what I took away from it. Okay. Oh, that's cool. I love it that like different people take different things away from stuff. And that's, I don't like to, uh, with like my songs and stuff, what they're about, I don't like to go too into depth of what I wrote them about and what they mean to me because sometimes that can take away from uh, what someone else takes from a song. I've yeah. like fell in love with certain songs over the years and when I find out um, what the person really wrote it about, it's kind of like, hasn't ruined it for me, but it's kind of like, you know, it's changed my view on it. So I really, I really like to let people kind of work out for themselves and decide how they feel about a song and get get from it whatever they can. Do you know what I mean? I do, but I do like your explanation because of the way that you've got the black and the gold and the gold and the black. It's like the yin and the yang symbol. You know how there's the bit of the yeah. white and the black and vice versa. So that ties in very nicely to that. Oh, cool. Yeah. You know. Mate, you're an excellent guitarist, it must be said. So assuming you've done all of the guitar on, on the album, um, what what inspires yep. you? Because, mate, a lot of I play acoustic guitar as well, and I can recognise uh, it's it's quite technical playing that you've got there. I know a lot of this obviously comes from the heart, but, I mean, I can hear hundreds of hours of rehearsal, if not thousands of hours of rehearsal in that, mate. So can you tell us about your journey as a guitarist? Um, to be honest, like, I'm... I'm really just like a rhythm guitarist. I started I started playing electric guitar and stuff when I was about 14 years old. I was predominantly into rock music and metal music. Um, but like I I'm always picking up guitar, but I haven't like I haven't I think I've slowly progressed in the last kind of five or six years or so um, as like a songwriter and rhythmically as a rhythm guitarist, but yeah. like, I'm not like a, a lead guitarist or anything like that. But I think, yeah, I, I think just listening to different music over time, kind of you, you explore different little techniques and little ways of playing things. Not, not like oh, I'm going to learn all the scales right now and try and shred and that sort of thing. But I think it's just something that gradually, gradually happens. Like yeah. when I listen to my playing like now, as opposed to maybe, Five five years ago, when I released my first CD, um, yeah, it's de there's definitely a lot of like different stuff going on. I reckon, um, yeah, as like as far as like the journey and like the influences and stuff, like I think it's just like a a big collaboration of like everything I've listened to and stuff that's inspired me throughout the like all the years that I've been listening to and mm. playing music. To be honest. So when you're working with fellow musicians, whether it be, I know there's a lot of drumming on the album, but uh, bass players, whoever it might be, do you have to issue instructions as such, or do you, do you just trust that the work that they're going to do is going to contribute to the overall picture that you're trying to paint? Um, with the the latest uh, the latest record, there are no winners here and the beginners here. Um, I actually I did all the bass guitar myself, but um, and I've, I've got a friend of mine. I was in, in a band with him years ago, and once I'd finished laying down all the bass uh, the bass guitar, I just gave it to him. I said, "Look, uh, play play along with this. Feel free to change like whatever you want. Basically, like not like to the point where it's like you're going to play like a like a funky bass line over the <laughs> thing, but like you can you can you can like feel free to be creative with it, you know and uh, the same goes for like um, like the drums. Um, the the guy who produced the album, his name's Darren Ball. Okay. And he uh, he owns and operates Norman Solander Studios. I've I've known him for years, and he actually he played drums on the album as well. Um, it just cool. it kind of made sense for him to play the drums 
on the album uh, just because like he, he was there. But the guy that does the live, uh, the guy that does the, plays drums live for us is a, is a different guy. So yeah, similar similar kind of thing. Like I want people to, I don't want to kind of dictate to people too much. As long as like we can capture the overall feeling of the song, um, then I'm pretty happy, you know. Yeah, I understand. I understand. I mean, it's it's often it is often hard in that scenario. And you just said something there that I think is crucial was that you, you know you're the guy who was helping you produce the album was actually there and happened to be a drummer, so you're able to work with him yeah. because he was so yeah. intimate with what you were trying to achieve. He knew how to drum. But yeah. look, I've been in circumstances where I've been the session guy turning up, and I thought I've done a pretty good job, but only to find out after I well and truly walked away from my recording session, if you like, that they haven't used my parts because they didn't fit in with the overall narrative. Now, I wasn't given yeah. like a directive, if you like, or I wasn't told what to play, but they just don't like what you play because it doesn't fit with what they're trying to achieve. So I guess, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah it's not it's not an easy journey, is it, finding people that you mesh with, even if you get along with them personally, as yeah. I always did. But yeah. musically, man, it's yeah, it's like um, too much chilli in the dish can make it too hot, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. That's a that's a good one, <laughs> <laughs> mate. I, I've spoken to more artists now from Perth specifically, but Western Australia in general, than I have from any other state or city in the country by far. Yeah. Most of my, the yeah. vast majority of my interviews happen with um, subjects offshore, so US, uh, Asia, North America. But I want to okay. know what's going on in Perth, so I ask this question all the time of people in Perth. But I want to hear what what your feedback is on this one here, but. What is going on over there, mate? Like, you're another one in terms of your music is excellent. Perth reminds me very much of what Brisbane was like in the late 80s and early 90s when bands like Scream Feeder and Powderfinger and the like were coming through. But the difference between <laughs> Brisbane and Perth is it's not just the sort of music you're playing, you know, the folk rock thing or or the reggae thing. Yeah. It's the hip-hop thing. It's the urban music thing. Yeah. Right across yeah. the board, man, Perth's got, going it on, it got it going on. So what is yeah. going on over there in your view? Um, I don't know. I don't know, to be honest, but like, I just see like live music, like everywhere. I feel like there's like popping up. Um, there's always like nights that are dedicated to live music, which is, which is really good to see. I mean, when I was, I started playing like acoustic music, um, like solo, cause I was, I was predominantly, predominantly in bands before that, hmm. but definitely over the last five years, it's just like, it's skyrocketed with like the amount of opportunities that there are for like, um, definitely singer-songwriters like myself, but also like uh, bands and like the the metal scene. Like Perth has like a really strong metal scene as well. I got some friends that are in metal bands and like cool. they gig all the time and they get like getting like wicked opportunities and stuff like getting like support acts and stuff like that. And it's just, it seems like there's something going on pretty much like every night of the week, to be honest. Like I think it's like Perth is a lot more maybe spread out than like a place like uh, Melbourne and Sydney, but like there's there's still so much going on, and it's it's really good to see. It's it seems like it's picked up a lot in the last like definitely since I've been doing it like for about five years. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it shares that in common with you. Just you've alluded to something then that I hadn't thought about, which is that Perth is a very big metropolitan and urban area, a bit like what Brisbane is. So yeah. our metropolitan area more or less stretches from the Sunshine Coast to Brisbane, to the Gold Coast. You could even argue that it stretches even yeah. further north into Gympie, which is, you know, yeah, getting right. up towards central Queensland and then further as far south into northern New South Wales around Byron. You know, because yeah. the, the New South Wales thing doesn't really kick in until you get to sort of Coffs Harbour. It's really people, a lot of people sort of feel like Queensland is as far down south as uh, Byron Bay. 
because Brisbane's so close, yeah. if you like. But yeah, yeah. you just you've just hit on something there. I mean, I don't know whether I'd go so far as to say in, in southeast Queensland, as I'll call that entire area I've just referenced. I don't know whether we've got enough of a scene to something cool is happening every night, but I'm sure there's an opportunity for people to go out and listen to music of any description on a Monday yeah. or Tuesday night, and they're the nights that I think music really needs to happen. I think that actually is that they're the two nights of the week because people aren't generally going out. You've got your diehards, yeah. but people are generally, they've got families or, yeah. you know, they're yeah, working definitely. the next day so they can't go out. But it's really cool to hear you say that, what, what you've mm -hmm. said there, that there is an opportunity to go out whenever you want, really, and hear this diverse array of music. And another yeah. thing you've yeah. hit on, mate, is the only type of music, with the exception of one band, which is Rat King, I haven't interviewed any metal bands from Perth, so I'm going to seek a few out. Okay, cool. Sweet. You know, it's um, metal band. Metal seems to be more of a Melbourne thing uh, at the moment. Uh, shitloads of bands from Melbourne coming out at the moment, but they're all really good, by the yeah. way. But, yeah, the, the, yeah cool. the Perth thing... Um, in terms of you know the rock setup, when I'm talking just when I say rock setup, playing with guitars and the like, seems to be the sort of music you're playing, or Ben Catley, or um, yeah. oh god, you know I could name fifteen other artists right now. But um, look, I'll take a bit of a ninety degree turn on the questioning, and, and I'll ask you about your lyrical themes because uh, you know I was listening to your album in the car, and I wish I'd sort of taken a mental note of some of the lyrics, but some of them are quite profound. A lot of introspection, yeah. a lot of questioning going on there. So can you tell us about the lyrical themes on the album? Um, yeah, the lyrical themes, like, for this particular album, really comes, like, straight back to the title, to be honest. Like, um, I'd have to kind of, like, like go through it, like, um, piece by piece to kind of talk, like, what it's, like, what each song is about. But, um, yeah, as I said before, I kind of like people to, like, go into stuff and kind of get their own kind of perspective on it and then maybe talk to me about it and then I'll kind of say, oh, this is, like, this is kind of how I was feeling when I wrote it. But a lot of songs, like, when I write my music, it's basically, like, I'll write, I'll come up with something and, it, like, it's, it's not until, like, almost later on that you kind of... Uh, you kind of realize what you were trying to say and what you were writing about once like you get the emotion out of the way of like where you were coming from, if you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, I don't, as far as like the lyrical content of the album goes, um, I guess like the, the title is probably the best representation of the album that I can kind of offer like in like in a short, you know what I mean? Cause yeah. there's like there's quite a lot going on there. Like, um, to, to be honest, it's kind of it take, might take quite a while to sum it up. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. So, do you think you'd ever do something like release lyric, release the lyrics on your Facebook page or on your own personal website, that sort of thing? Because I mean that. There's, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of really well written lyrics, not mean nothing lyrics like what Mike Patton was doing in Faith No More. With all due respect, where he was just writing yeah. the first thing that came to his head. And I love Faith No More, by the way. They're one of my gateway bands from yeah. my youth, right? But you would never say yeah. that his lyrics helped you get through a bad time, but I think some of your lyrics will help people to get through a bad time if they listen to them and if they're going through a breakup or yeah. any sort of personal catastrophe or crisis. I mean, there's some real gold in there. Oh, thank you. Um, well, like, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of like albums, as, as you can probably tell. I've released an album. Um, and like growing up, I used to pull out the lyric the lyric booklet and just sit there and read the lyrics and go through them, and I'd learn all the words. So like... This album that I'm uh, releasing this Friday, like 
that it has a booklet with all the lyrics in it just because not that based on like, I mean, that's not like really where music's heading now, you know, everything's like Spotify and like mm. one track at a time kind of thing. Um, like I just love that idea of having the lyrics in that booklet, but um, yeah, that's, that's a good idea putting them on a website or up on the Facebook page. So look, so that like people that maybe don't have a hard copy of the album, they can they can check out the lyrics as well. So yeah, that's a good idea, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, I mean, I should have asked if you were going to include it in physical copy, but I mean, look, these days, yeah. I mean, I think I've got an, I've still got just cartons of CDs from an amp band that I was in when we recorded an album back in 2010 that I haven't managed to shift yet. So do you have you, yeah. is your expectation that you're going to shift a lot of physical units or is it mainly going to be through Spotify, Apple Music and all that sort of thing? Um, I, I got a whole bunch of CDs pressed. Like this, this is my third release. And um, I, the first one I've completely sold out of uh, the amount of hard copies I got. And cool. the second one I'm I'm over halfway through. It's not something that's going to happen like overnight. You know, it took me um took me three years to sell all the copies of the first one, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the the second one's been out for about three years now. And I've I've got maybe like 150 left out of out of the 500 that I got pressed. But cool. yeah, it's definitely awesome to have them because like you kind of never know who's coming down to watch you at a show like. Some people do want hard copies of a CD, you know, like, and they, they do come up. And if you don't have any CDs, they can't, they're, sometimes they're not the sort of person that's going to, they're not going to bother if, like to go check you out on iTunes and Spotify. They want, they want that hard copy. So it's really good to have both. But I think the way it is going is definitely iTunes and Spotify and all the online streaming. So, but yeah, I, yeah. I just really wanted to have the hard copies as well. <laughs> Look, I'm an audiophile, an unabashed audiophile, so there's two mediums that I get into that, that people... Well, vinyl's one that I know everybody gets into, so I'm a big vinyl head. Yeah. But I've started to go back to cassettes, okay? So I ordered one today okay. from an experimental artist from South America. I, I think they're uh, an Argentine-Peruvian duo called Ricardo Cometa, and I love jazz and experimental music, so I ended up... They're only releasing a pressed... They're only pressing some about 50 or 100 cassettes. So, mate, I'd, I'd encourage you to even look at that because I know there's some very short-run manufacturers out there that can press up to sort of 20 or 30 or 40. So you're not going to burn too much of a hole in your pocket. But I, I love listening to music because I've got young kids, right? And it's a real visceral thing, you know. Yeah. They pick the cassette out of their little, you know, where the cassettes are kept. They... A bit like what I was doing when I was a kid in the 80s, you know, with, with my family. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting them to do the same thing. I mean, it's a total retro thing, but these days there are more and more artists that are releasing cassettes, which I think is just so cool. It's got nothing to do with yeah, yeah. the quality of the music. I know that the sound quality yeah. isn't that crash off from cassettes, but it's just such a cool analog way to, you know, the whole yeah. process, getting the cassette out, taking it out of its, you know, the cassette holder or case or whatever, yeah. sticking it in. So is that something you'd even consider? Well, not until just then, <laughs> to, to be honest. I didn't know that, like, I didn't know that was like a thing that was coming back and like making an impact. But yeah, that's that's certainly something I would look into. Oh, it's, look, I found there was a uh, an old fella over in South Brisbane somewhere that I bought a really cool. Like, I mean, I looked at the model. It was sold for about a thousand dollars back in the day. It's just a single cassette player, but it's it's about as I don't. I'm not technical, okay, so I don't understand why it's a very good uh, cassette player, but. The thing was produced in 1988 or 89 or something like that, but, mate, it plays tapes beautifully to this day. And yeah. got some monster cool. speakers that I've got set up, you know, Dre's company. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I just, just have to unplug the auxiliary cables from uh, the Denon company, right, the Denon brand. So from my Denon brand turntable and 
make sure that my cassettes are plugged into the back or cassette audio loop is plugged into the back of the monster speakers, man. It's just such a beautiful way to wake up on Saturday and Sunday mornings. Yeah, cool. Sweet. Food for thought. Anyway, so... Uh, yeah, man, I'm sure. <laughs> Look, I'll make this my final question. Um, given that the, the, you could play anywhere, you know, there's, there's no real venue that... You, you, there's no one venue type that I think that you would have to restrict yourself to playing in, mate. So what about touring and promoting your wonderful album here, mate? What's the plans? Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely something I'm looking into, to be honest. Um, nothing set in stone yet, but um, like I was kind of just waiting to see. Like, just kind of wanted to get like that album launch out of the way, like focus on that to start with, and then just like just try and keep the ball rolling and set up some other stuff. Um, I'm currently trying like just chatting um about organizing like a tour of the the west coast yeah and um after i can kind of hopefully i can get that all sorted out i really do want to get over to like the eastern states and uh like do queensland and sydney and melbourne um yeah it's just like i've got to, got to suss out like if i can afford it and that sort of stuff but yeah really really aspiring to get over there at some point i actually supported um Buck Dean and the Green Lips from, uh, oh, yeah. from Queensland. From sunny the coast. Yeah, yeah. They were, yeah, yeah, they were over here on a tour, and I supported them at the Monkey Bar in Mandurah. Okay. And they said, yeah, if I ever if I ever kind of go over their way, then, yeah, definitely hit them up, and they'd be able to help us out with a, a show or something like that. So, yeah, I'm like, it helps when you, like, meet people, and they kind of they give you that kind of, like, motivation to get over there as well, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, that's definitely something that's on the cards for me. It's funny. There's only a few degrees of separation in this world, isn't there? Um, the the one of the fellas in Buck Green, his son actually cuts my hair at the Contiki building there on at Maruchidor. So oh, wow. <laughs> that's how I know Buck Dean actually, because the fella in the band, his son cuts my hair occasionally. So so there you go. I've, I've even got a coaster, a couple of coasters, some around the house he gave to me actually that have Buck Dean on them, mate. So I know exactly who you're talking about there. <laughs> But that's there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's that's wonderful, mate. So so before I let you go, just um, people listening, how can they get in touch with you, and where can they find your wonderful album here in terms of you know streaming it online and the like? Yeah, stream it on uh, Spotify. It'll be it'll be live as from this Friday, the eleventh of May. Um, you can buy it straight out on iTunes, um, Apple Music. You can you can check out some of my old older stuff on SoundCloud as well. I've got videos on youtube if you just search the name robert hinton h-a-n-t-o-n you'll you'll find me i'm pretty sure i hope so <laughs> yeah you can yeah, i just did yeah. it yeah so you can definitely find you yeah cool yeah. wonderful mate All right. you have been listening to the scars and guitars podcast my name is andrew mckay smith and that was my conversation with western australian artist robert hinton thank you so much for listening